I'm going to begin this morning with a brain teaser. I don't know if you ever played brain teasers in car trips or youth groups or classrooms, but this, this is a great one. I love it. This one's called the Land of Odd. It's a word game. You try to say something that is in the Land of Odd and something that isn't in the Land of Odd. And as you play, you begin to figure out what is and isn't. For instance, I'll start us off. The Land of Odd has kittens, but not cats. The Land of Odd has puppies, but not dogs. And then when it's your turn, you're supposed to say something that you think is and isn't in the land of Odd. Now, based on that, you might say, well, the land of Odd then has bunnies, but not rabbits. But if you said that, I'd say, you're wrong. It has bunnies and rabbits. Who's ever done these sort of things before? Who's ever done this exact one before? Okay. All right. Derek, you haven't done this before? Come on up. Yes. Come on up. Aren't you dressed up? Yeah, you look like you're going to a wedding. All right. <laughs> All right, so you've never played this before? No, I haven't. All right, well, have a seat. You didn't right. know you were coming up here, did you? I forgot no, I to ask not. if you were shy. Don't throw up. I forgot to ask if you were shy. All right, so I'll do one, he'll do one, and then it'll be your turn to see if you can do it. All right? Yeah, In the land of Odd, there right. are floors, but no carpets. The uh, land of Odd has doors, but no knobs. Uh, in the land of odd, there's no. Oh, sorry. In the land of odd, there's no garage doors, but there's garage door openers. No wait, other way around. There's garage doors, but no garage door openers. Truly, there are both garage doors and garage door openers in the land of odd. Isn't this crazy? You just hate to be the person in the hot seat. Now we're gonna make it even worse. We're gonna uh, put on the screen the key and, and don't turn around and look at it. So that will make you literally the only person in the room who doesn't know what's going on. All right. So let's try it again. In the land of odd, there are hammers but no nails. There's cheese but no dairy. Mm. <laughs> All right. What was that again? No cheese. No cheese but no dairies. Hammer no nails. Hammer no nails. <laughs> There's no weddings and grooms, There's but wedding, no brides. No, no bride. Yeah, I said that, though. I you have to say one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like that one. Uh, there are dogs, but no dog food. Dogs, but no dog food. Actually, there's dog food and not dogs. Isn't this awful? All right, here, here's the key. Here's right, the key. Things in the land of Odd have double letters, and things without double letters are not in the land of Odd. Huh? <laughs> Wasn't that fun? (laughs) All right, let's hear it for Derek. Thank you. You'll be back, right? Yeah, you're coming back. All right. So now you can go torture your friends and family with that on your next next road trip or, or, or holiday gathering. So... Once you know the key, right, it's super easy, and, and you, can, you can play it all day long and play it well once you know the secret. If only life were that easy, right? If only there were a key or a secret, and once you knew it, it would just unlock everything, and it would go. If only the Christian life were that way. If only there were a key or secret to the Christian life. How is it some people do the Christian life so well and or, or, with such peace? And then there's the rest of us just struggling along, feeling guilty, feeling overwhelmed, feeling confused by the Christian life. How can we be more confident, more confident that we are, um, uh, that we are believing right, that we are living right, that we're doing this Christian life the right way? You know, our vision statement here at Lakeland Community is that we are here to build a community of authentic followers of Jesus Christ. Well, how do we know we're authentic followers? 
Is there a key? Is there a spiritual key? And the answer is yes. Yes, there is. And here is the key. It is the presence of God. So here at Lakeland Community, we have this path. That's what the video is about called the Milestone Journey. There's a huge mural in the lobby where we map out the stages of a spiritual life for kids and adults. And we believe here at Lakeland that every Christian in our community should take part in one milestone each year, either for yourself or if you have children, one of their milestones, one a year for each Christian in our community. And we're starting a new one on Tuesday, October 16th. Tuesday night and five Tuesday nights to follow, we're doing a class called The Presence of Faith. And it's all about this most important milestone of walking in the presence of Christ. So one of our nights is going to be all about simplicity. Simplicity is important because we spend a lot of time in our culture worrying about money and worrying about busy schedules, right? Time and money are valuable resources, and that makes them a powerful distraction from God unless we invite God's presence into our lives to help us manage our time and money. So let me give you a teaser of something that we're going to do in the class. We expect that when you come into the presence of God, that the presence of God would tell us, you know, why don't you turn off the TV sometimes and read the Bible? We expect that the presence of God would tell us, hey, why don't you take a break from social media tonight and have a real conversation with the real people who are right there in your house with you? Now, that's probably great advice, but honestly, That's the same advice you're getting from brain scientists, same advice you're getting from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's not particularly a unique message. What about the voice of God and the wisdom that can only come from him? I experienced this one night standing at the swing set when my son was two or three years old. I was pushing him in on the swing. I was a student at that time in seminary studying to be a pastor. I knew that back in that house, I had papers to finish about heavy stuff like the dual nature of Christ. I had projects to finish, uh, serving inner city churches. And I thought, how can I be out here playing in the yard? And in that moment, the presence of God came over me and and what I can only describe as a still small voice inside was assuring me tonight you are in the right place and you are doing what you should be doing and in that moment it was like suddenly I had clarity I could see the world around me I could see that there was a beautiful sunset I could see that the first lightning bugs of summer were coming out I could see that my little boy was quiet and content just to swing and feel the breeze This little boy who was going to be as tall as me sooner than I thought. And I'm there watching my son as God is watching his sons. And all are pleased. When you enter into the presence of God, we learn that God places far fewer obligations than what we expect. Only in the presence can we really know if we're spending our time and spending our money the right way. In fact, that's not even the right way to say it. If we're spending our time and spending our money in the way that pleases God today, that's what we really want. And only the presence of God can tell us that. That's one of the things we'll be learning in the Presence of Faith Milestone. Well, I want to torture people with brain teasers too. I'm going to do it with everybody. So hold up your hand. Hold up an index finger. I'll do this once. Follow after me. Ready? Johnny, 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 whoop, Johnny, whoop, Johnny, 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 Johnny. Take a shot. Johnny, 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 whoop, Johnny, whoop, Johnny, 
Okay. Oh, oh, some people were here first service and got it. I just, I just I see one over here. Just one? I saw a couple. All right. Let's try it one more time. Here we go. Johnny, 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 whoop, Johnny, whoop, Johnny, 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 Johnny. Still just the same one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's frustrating, right? It's like everybody's doing this. I love to do this exact one with my youth group because I can really infuriate some people. One time I had a student that literally, we were doing this all together. Of course, some knew it and some didn't. And he is an inch from my face. And I can feel the spit coming off. And I'm just doing my best just to stand there in the most calm demeanor I can as he's, Jason, Johnny, 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 whoop, Johnny, whoop, Johnny, 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 Johnny. And I got to say, nope. <laughs> so I'll let you know the secret. Here we go. Johnny, 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 whoop, Johnny, whoop, Johnny, 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 Johnny. Now watch very carefully. Oh, Scott Patton seen this. Yeah. It's all about folding your hands at the end. Oh, what an awful frustrating thing that you can now inflict on your family. (laughs) But the point is, is we get so caught up that it's this, right? We think it's some exercise in manual dexterity and you just think you're doing it wrong or something's a little off. But it's actually this whole other thing, this new way of thinking. This is a mystery. And one of the foundational mysteries we will explore in presence of faith is identity. Because life can feel like we're doing the same thing over and over, right? Be a good parent. Be a good parent. Be a good parent. Whoop! Be a good parent. But it doesn't always work out how we dreamed and hoped for our family. But then we feel like failures. And it can be a great shame. I've had myself a healthy dose of shame already. Things my kids have done that I just take on or feel like people are looking at me. Over and over, we try to get our finances figured out. Save for retirement. Save for retirement. Whoop! But something breaks, something bad happens, and it falls apart, and we feel like failures. Well, in the books of Exodus, we get to meet one of the most famous Bible characters of all time. He's a man named Moses, and this is a man that certainly fell like a failure. At this point in the story, he's actually in exile because he's committed murder, and he's gone out into the wilderness to live out his days in shame. But one day, he discovers this bush, and it's on fire, but it's not being consumed by the fire. So he goes up to investigate, and he discovers that it's the very presence of God manifested right there in front of him in this bush. And this God has a message for him. God tells him that he plans to free his people who have been enslaved for 400 years under the Egyptians. And Moses likes this well enough, have his people freed. Verse 10, he says, this though. So now, go Moses. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And now the idea is less exciting to Moses. And we see that when he says this in verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? And pay close attention to God's response in verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that it is I who have sent you. Moses says, who am I? And God responds, I will be with you. You see, he takes Moses' thinking in this whole other direction to discover the key to his real identity. Moses is concerned with who he is. And God is concerned that Moses recognizes 
whose he is. And we'll find this theme all through the scriptures. Who are we? We are the people that God is with. Our identity literally comes from his presence. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. And over five Tuesday nights from October 16th through November 13th, we'll explore topics like this together. Find what it means to have our identities in Christ, to unmask shame and walk as new creations. So as you came in this morning, hopefully the uh, greeters gave you one of these scrambled pictures. So the blue side is really, really hard. That'll be like extra credit when you get home. Let's, let's focus on the pink side. It's a little easier. Put the purple strip at the bottom. Now, how many people have already seen what there is to see in this picture? Okay, and just to prove to you that there is something there, everyone say what it is all together. Okay. Now, how many of you have never gotten one of these to work? You feel like it's probably a conspiracy. Yes. All right. Well, I thought I was like you for 15 years. I could not get one of these to work. And then one day it happened and now I can do it all the time. So let me try to teach you what I learned. Watch you. Here's the way I do it. Make sure it's good and flat and put it right on the end of your nose. Now stare blankly at it. Your brain will try to focus your eyes, but of course it's much too close, but let it try. And then continue to stare blankly and slowly pull it away from you, but keep your eyes at that focal point of when it was on your nose. In fact, if you catch yourself blinking or looking at it or, or whatever, put it back on your nose, stare blankly, pull it back slowly. Now, if anything begins to move or emerge, stop right there and hold it and continue to stare blankly and your brain will organize it into a picture of, there it is, a starfish. Someone said, wow. Was there a first-time convert here? I see that hand. All right. (laughs) Somebody play just as I am. All right. So this is not the normal way to look at a picture. You normally don't look at a picture by focusing this close and then holding it out here. You focus as it moves. But you can teach yourself a new way of seeing if someone says, well, if you focus on close, you'll actually will see what's out there. And then you can slowly train your brain to just focus where it last was, even as, as time moves on, see? Christian doctrine can make you feel like sometimes there's something wrong with your eyes or your brain. For instance, if this life is temporary and eternal life is eternal, then why when we read the scriptures is there so much emphasis on this life? So much short-term focus on the temporary Read the scriptures, so much focus on sexual sin, so much focus on economic justice for the rich and the poor, so much focus on work and rest. Why does this Bible spend so much time on things that have to do with this life and so little time giving us solid information about the eternal? Hell, what's that all about? Heaven, what's that like? In fact, if you ask Jesus directly, what is heaven like? He gives really clear answers, not really, like Well, it's like a mustard seed. Oh, well, that cleared it right up. And if that didn't help, he said, well, it's like throwing a net over a bunch of fish. That's That's what heaven's like. So why is it so blurry out there and so clearly focused up here? If eternal life is the main event, why is the Bible so concerned with making this life more sustainable? Well, let me give you another teaser because we have a whole night on the new creation and the kingdom of heaven in our class. So did you know that the scriptures teach that God God has made you and I to be kings and queens in an eternal 
new creation, and that everything we do is preparation for that role. Look at what they said about Jesus in Luke chapter 1. It says, He will be very great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That's an awesome verse. Now it's about Jesus. But watch what Timothy does with this verse, in second, or Paul does in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul says, This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. You and I are right now ruling and being prepared to rule in the kingdom of God. Have you been taking your training seriously? Have you understood that what we do in the church is to show the whole world how the kingdom of God will be ruled by ruling as God would rule now? Now, ruling is a tough word for us. It sounds like telling other people what to do. It sounds like punishing those who disobey. Okay, that's what ruling looks like in this world when it's carried out by people who do not have the presence of God. But we as the church should rule as Jesus ruled. And how did Jesus rule? Think about the night he spoke about this most clearly. He got down on the floor with a wash basin and a towel, and he washed his disciples' feet. And then he gave this little talk. He said, you call me master, and you're right. I am your master. You are not above me. You are not better than me. I am the master, and I serve. I get down and wash feet as a servant. And you should follow my example, and you should be the type of master that I am. Now that right there should change the way we see this life and the way we see how we live in it. And it should change our whole view of the kingdom of God, an eternal kingdom that will be filled with the presence of a servant God. That's just one of the things we'll be studying together in our milestone journey that starts on October 16th and has five Tuesday nights. When we learn to see the hidden pictures that are right there in front of it, if we can let the presence of God give us eyes to see it. We'll spend one whole night talking about community. We'll explore what it means to be people at the table of God, the communion table that we take here regularly. Again, let's look at kind of a brain teaser. Up here, there's three circles, and you need to connect them, but you can't move them or draw any lines. Just do that in your mind. Just take a second and connect those. Okay, I'll unveil. This is actually something I drew in 3D modeling software. And if you're looking at it straight on like this, it looks like three circles, right? But now show the picture. This is me. If I pan the software back out, that's actually what you're looking at. The circles you're seeing, I kind of highlighted them in red so you can see where they would have been. But you're looking at it straight on, two-dimensional. It looks like circles when actually it was a bunch of pipes and they were already connected. There's been a lot of talk these days that the issue of our era is going to be how to promote unity in a world of such vastly different ideologies. That's what sociologists, preachers, everybody's talking about. How are we going to come together? And I can certainly feel this anytime I'm reading the news or I'm on social media. Are we left? Are we right? Are we up or down? Are you pro this or pro that? Are you anti this or anti that? And this is not necessarily new. Families have avoided topics of religion and politics at dinner tables for years. 
But with things like social media and smartphones, I think it can feel like we swim in heavier waters of disunity. We're constantly reminded of our differences. Hourly, minutely, we can look at this and see how we differ from one another. Is there nothing that can unite us? Well, perhaps what we need is to zoom out and look at reality from a wider lens, move from a two-dimensional into a three-dimensional experience. And the scriptures can help us with this. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20, we find Paul trying to broaden the thinking of the church in Corinth. And he says this, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Scripture teaches us that, yes, we can recognize we have individual qualities. We can be hands or feet or eyes or ears. There is great diversity that should be celebrated among us. But if we zoom back, we realize that we're not just independent circles on a page or body parts, complete as is, just a hand or a foot. If we zoom back, we begin to see that we're all connected as one body. And that body is the body of Christ. We're made to be together with purpose. All the world, actually. All is one in Jesus. Because this world does need equality. And it does need respect for one another. And foundational to Christianity is unity. And we who identify ourselves in the body of Christ should be leading this charge. And on one of the Tuesday nights, on October 16th through November 13th, we're going to explore this absolutely critical and foundational topic together. On the last night of the presence of faith, we're going to talk about the cornerstone of the Christian faith, forgiveness. Now, forgiveness scares some of us. Some of us are really scared of the whole concept for two reasons. One, we can read the scriptures and see how important it is. And then we can examine our lives and know there are people we have not forgiven. And so it frightens us precisely because it is so important and precisely because we know we haven't done it. But do you know that some of the fear you feel around forgiveness is completely unnecessary? Because did you know that forgiveness is not excusing evil? That person that hurt you and what they did, that was wrong. And forgiveness does not change that fact. Did you know that forgiveness does not mean exposing yourself to danger again? Let's say, for instance, your ex-husband is dangerous. You don't have to let him come over to Christmas dinner just because he guilts you and says, well, if you're a Christian, you forgive me and let me come back over. If he's not safe, then he's not coming over, period. Forgiveness doesn't require that. Did you know forgiveness is not trusting dangerous people like nothing ever happened? Now, at that point, some of you are confused. If forgiveness is not those things, then what is it? We believe forgiveness is a sequence of thoughts and actions that one can only do with God in your heart. And here is step one. Step one is to say, I want to go on a forgiveness journey. 
That's step one. I want to learn about forgiveness. Even though I'm so hurt and so angry right now, I don't know if I can finish it, and I'm not making you any promises. If you just say, I want to go and learn about what Christian forgiveness is, you have taken step one, you get a gold star for the month. You are in the will of God if you just say, I want to learn about God's forgiveness. That is the first step on this journey to sign up for Presence of Faith and learn how it starts. Well, we've given you a lot of teasers this morning into the topics, but they all flow from one single idea that I hope you've picked up on. That is the most core tenet of the faith. Who are we as Christians? We are people in the very presence of God. Emmanuel, God with us. And it's such a foundational concept that we created a whole milestone around it. Milestones are times that we, central ideas or foundations that are so important, we gather everybody together and we say, let's, let's, let's experience this or wrap ourselves in this together. Let's set aside a season of the year, five weeks in this case. And if you are new or growing in your faith, this particular class I think is a must for you. Newer growing believers, you should be here to learn about this foundational concept, presence of God. The class could work for people that maybe have been around for a while, but you want to revisit some of the basics, maybe through new eyes, life's giving you some experience. Maybe the waters have been muddied, and you're like, you know what, I want to go back, I want to go back to the basics and remember what this is all about. And then finally, I think the class works really well for people that, that have a friend maybe you want to bring into the milestone journey. And these classes can be a great way to say, hey, come, come to this with me. I'll go with you, and we'll all grow together to experience the joy and life that flows out of living in the presence of God. So to sign up, you can go to the Lakeland app on your phone. There's a milestone wall out there, and my wife, Twyla, actually will be there every Sunday for the next month as we're you know, getting ready for this class. You can go out there and you can ask all of her logistical questions, uh, things like that. Certainly you can come talk to me, but let's go on this milestone journey together.